Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just some high flying, ran fast vertical stems of professors from Penn watching eagles eat and pray like pazookies on birthdays. It's Philadelphia, Marissa Bow and Zach kicking it. Cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Marissa Bow and Zach are here to squawk. Don't miss the mistress talk on some I don't call it the off season I call it the non-playing season is that what you say when people you know normies ask you about what you do in the off season you say it's the not the off season it's the non-playing season I don't correct them but I'll call it the non-playing season okay I'll feel like there's the playing season the, the NPO <laughs> hello everybody and welcome to birds with friends on a Wednesday afternoon Bo Wolf Zach Berman just the two of us here to talk about the Eagles the first episode post Osprey Zach how are you I'm doing well. I'm excited to, to I'm excited to see you. I, I I remarked Emily earlier that uh, we're doing a pod today. It's technically PTO for me, but I, I said this is just hanging out with friends, right? This wow. is this is me getting together not with just, Bo. Not just someone bothering you with a text message work related, but having to actually do a, <laughs> an entire podcast. Yeah, but I I view this I view this as like having fun, right? There's other stuff I'm doing with my day, and this is this is the same as us getting lunch, right? Uh, I see you on the screen. We engage. Probably make fun of me about a few things. So Never. it's a good way to spend a Wednesday in June. PTO for you is paid paid time on. You, you want to just do the fun <laughs> stuff that you like to to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I did might not make everyone so happy, but. No, I did write a story yesterday. It will come out tomorrow. I hope our uh, when you were also on PTO, I believe. What's that? You were also on PTO yes. yesterday when you wrote that story. Yes. <laughs> right. So when are you going to take the actual PTO? <laughs> well, it's it's a loaded question. <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, I there's there's a few weeks before training camp, so and there's some stuff I'm doing. On the side that uh, is filling my time. So, yeah, I'm keeping busy. Zach, I felt like I was in um, something of a, like a prank or a, a prison of my own making this past weekend. Uh, as I was running errands, I kept going into different stores, you know, uh, Target, uh, maybe a Home Depot, maybe a, uh, like a CVS or something like that. And it felt like every single store that I went into was playing a different Hall & Oates song on the stereo and it was like and i'm the only one i'm the only one sitting here singing uh man beater um or i can't go for that the nick sirianni version and uh it's like somebody was you know playing a trick on me but for from now on everywhere i go that's what i'll be thinking about whenever you think of the image you created as well of course did you get good feedback on that image zach no i did not but um (laughs) But nonetheless, it was it was fun to do, and we'd we'd be remiss if I did not if if we did not recognize there's not a third box on here. Marissa is uh, on 
maternity leave and we're thinking of her. We were corresponding with her today. Uh, do you get as bothered when she texts you out of the blue as I do, or is it only me? I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, we're playing that with Marissa? Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I would say, Marissa, I am thinking of you. So, uh, Yeah, I mean, every every yeah. text I receive from her, I expect is is like the big one, but that's okay. <laughs> that's what I joked the other day, yeah. Well, also because so. Uh, she, so she sent us a picture today of uh, of some imaging of, of the baby. Is that on the record? But the, but the, but the words were, he looks just like Michael. And so oh, I hadn't so seen the images left. And so I was like, oh my God, this is it. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, still, still to come. Still to come. Looking forward could, to it. Could come any day, she says, is, uh, is the reporting on the street. Uh, I think I had a, uh, I think his name was Adam. Had a, had a, uh, a listener uh, stop me at Home Depot, give me a holy flock. That was the birds with friends bird pun joke that, that he, he had come prepared with. So that was pretty good. Came prepared. I like that. I What'd you get you at Home Depot? I was uh, exchanging my propane tank. Ah. Fresh, fresh propane. Working the grill. Working the grill. Yeah, there you know, you it'd go. be it'd be nice to not to to use a uh, like a different powered grill, but ain't nobody got time for that. Got to do what you got to do. Uh, Zach, what else is going on? What's going on with the Eagles? Huh? Any any recent news with the Eagles over the past fourteen days? My understanding is no, no. So the Eagles are off; <laughs> they are gone. Um, it, as was said to me very early on during my time on this beat, uh, when I was trying to get in touch with someone from the team, they said, "If you're getting in touch with me now, it's only going to be about a bad thing." So let's let's let this simmer for. I don't know if they use the word simmer, but let's let's like take a break for a few weeks. And so that's 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 kind of the position that the Eagles are in. Some players have scurried back home. Some players are still in the area. Hassan Reddick had a football camp on Saturday in Camden. Um, Devontae Smith at a softball game. Devontae Smith at a softball game. There's been a, a few other things that have gone on. And but everyone's kind of doing their own thing right now. They report on what July 24th. Fourth is it? Is the report date in the first practice? If I have that correct here, no, I'm sorry. They report July twenty. I I, I should have had that ready to go here. Um, but they they report the the week of July. If you don't know it, 24th. nobody knows it. No, I I do I do know it. I did not have it locked and loaded as I should have. But they report the week of. July 24th. They report the camp on July 25th, which means their first practice will be July 26th. They will have one open practice for the public, and that will be Sunday, August 6th uh, at Lincoln Financial Field. Fantastic. All right, Zach. Well, because there's nothing going on, really, um, in Eagles world, we open up the quail bag, a little burden edgewise uh, for some Eagles-related questions. So why don't we start, Zach, with a question from... Let me pull up who asked it. Ta ta ta. Good podcasting. Here we go. Uh, the question is from David. Factoring in contract, rank the top ten Eagles in terms of trade value. Um, and so I've got my list here. Did you did you make your own list? I didn't make the list, but I did think of it. Okay, I'm going to give you my list. You tell me if you disagree. Okay. So I think I, I think that. Um, contract 
in the NFL matters less than it does in like in baseball, right? Where it's, yeah, it's or about basketball. like yeah. right where um and especially basketball where like in football the player still has the leverage. If you trade for a guy who's like uh oh, I was still on a rookie contract, you know, he's going to hold out. He's not going to play. He's not going to be happy unless he gets that new contract anyway. So I think that there's less delta to be created by like the best contract um in terms of trade value. And so then for me, in in, in the ahead. in the NFL like a bad contract prohibits a trade, right? In the, in the NBA and MLB, you trade a contract, right? In mm. football, you'll just cut the guy, so which you obviously can't do in other Good sports. Good point. So, so to me, number one is Jalen Hurts. You know, it's it's yeah, it's the quarterback. It's it's uh, there are only so many elite quarterbacks in the league. No matter if if you are as low on Jalen Hurts as anybody, you still probably have him as a, like a top eight quarterback, right? A, a top quartile quarterback, and uh, that that player has enormous value he's he's still very young i don't think there's i don't think there's a lot of argument there even if the contract is um you know eye-popping to some degree uh to me number two and i think you know that what colors this whole exercise obviously is you look at like contract values around the league you're thinking you know offensive tackle wide receiver pass yeah. rusher those are the main priority positions i think aj brown is still number two okay i had the other wide receiver Really, you would have you think Devonte Smith would would fetch more on the open market than AJ Brown? Well, if if you're factoring in, if they the, both the hit contract. free agency tomorrow, yeah. So Devonte, you you have under contract for three more years at a very affordable cap. Well, I'm sorry, two more years at a very affordable cap number, uh, and then you have that fifth year option. So team control for for three more years, but. You're looking at like the the cap number this year is five point four. Cap numbers next year is six point four. In a trade situation, you know, it's, I think after this year, you're, you're you're he's probably getting paid next year. Sure. Right? Um, yeah. So I I was just thinking like AJ, he already got uh, he already got paid. You're you're taking on the contract. He's a uh, he's not old by any means, right? He's twenty five, right? Um, or thereabouts, but. I think Devontae, because of the age, uh, I'm mm. sorry, because of the contract, I went with Devontae number Interesting. two. You're still getting him on that rookie deal. You could sell me also on AJ Brown has like a, a little bit of an injury history. Um, and so like, especially his style of play, you could be a little bit concerned that it might not hold up in the long term. Devontae Smith seems like a guy who, like I would be, I'm more confident that Devontae Smith is going to be really good in four years than I am that A.J. Brown is going to be really good in four years, probably. But I think A.J. Brown is a true elite, like, changes your offense entirely, number one receiver, where, whereas I don't think Devontae Smith is quite at that level yet. Um, sure. And, and I to think your point, on a the open market, I yeah. think he would go for more. Yeah, to your point, A.J. already fetched the number 17 pick and an additional pick. And that was before he had the best season of his career. Right. right. So yeah, there is, there is validity that. I think, yeah, I think you could, I, I'm, I'm willing to listen to that argument, but I, I do have AJ Brown ahead of him. Uh, and I actually have Devonte Smith at four because I have, okay. I have Jordan Mailata at three. Okay. Um, I actually, uh, yeah, I, I, I had AJ at three and I had Mailata at five. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I see what you're saying with my ladder, but I, it's I, just the age and the, and the left tackle. Yeah. It's like, he, if he hit yeah. the open market, 
he would make more than I think my number five would. And he's a guy who just got paid by the Eagles anyway. I don't know. I just, I just and think that's, like, and that's yeah. Hassan Reddick, who's who I yeah, have. Yeah, who is my number four. Right. Yeah. Hassan Reddick's my number four. I'll, I'll, I'll give you my spiel. I, I think the Eagles got him at a below market deal um, because obviously he, he was not doing this. Well, he did it back to back years, but now he's done it three years in a row. I think if he hit the open market right now, he'd be a twenty million dollar a year player, and you know the Eagles got him for less than that. He'd be potentially be even higher. He's a complete game changer, uh, and I think age, position, and contract value. I have Reddick up there. I'm just like like the the Orlando Brown contract and the Jawan Taylor contracts. I think Jordan Mylon is a better player than both of those guys, and he's also younger. Um, Although actually, he, Taylor might be might be about the same age or younger. Um, it's it's splitting hairs, but but I would I would I would I would guess because of the age that Mylotta would would go for yeah. a little bit more. Uh, number six, and I think there's a, I think there's a drop off here. Um, number six to me is is the player who is probably the best player on the team and plays an important position, but he's 33 years old. But I think if if a team came calling. Uh, like let's say the Eagles season for whatever reason went completely off the rails and a Super Bowl contender had just lost their starting right tackle. I think they'd be willing to pay a whole uh, heck of a lot for for Lane Johnson and more than the other guys who are good and young on this Eagles roster. I had Jalen Carter here. Interesting. Uh, I mean, Jalen Carter was just, you know, he he, he just went number nine in the draft uh, in a draft when he might have been the you know the number two, three, or four pick, depending on you know, like if the off the field issues weren't there. Premium position, young player. You you have him five years on a rookie contract. Uh, if if you, I think the Eagles could fetch a load for him. Well, I think the the exercise is is context independent, right? Because okay. if this was a real life situation and like word leaked that. Jalen Carter was available for trade. He would have okay. no value because it was sure, like the, because this happened. was a guy with character concerns, and now all of a sudden the Eagles want to unload him right yeah. away. Like he he would be worth nothing, um, not nothing, but you know he'd be worth very little. Uh, but if the idea is like, you know, what is their value? Yeah, I can see your point, and I and I you know I have him at eight um, only because there are a lot of concerns about him, and he he is still unproven, and even the best like rookie draft picks are coming in with a lot of questions about how they're actually going to look in the NFL. Um, and we'll get to another question on Jalen Carter in a bit, but because, because he hasn't proven anything and because he comes in with these question marks, I think Lane Johnson would go for, would go for a little bit more. And I have one other player who, who I have ahead of that? where did you have Lane? Actually, oh, I did, didn't I, do I didn't it have... one to 10. Okay. No, I, I I had the ten guys. I I didn't have Lane on here because I I didn't think that like a team's trading for for I don't know. I I didn't think the Eagles were trading. I suppose I, I should have had Lane. I just took all the older guys off the list. Honestly, yeah, I understand. I just I, looked everything. Like I have most under. of the older guys on the list. The Lane is the only one I don't. Yeah, because he's still playing at such an elite sure. level, and because it's such an important position. Like I think if a team, let's say the Eagles. Uh, got a huge offer for Lane Johnson, and then they want so that they could draft Paris uh, um, 
Paris Johnson. Yeah. Paris Johnson in the first round, right? And you just you just you flip the flip it that way. I think a team would have given up a first round pick for Lane Johnson, or at least a, a high second. Yeah. So I, I guess the the best comparison would be Von Miller being traded, right? Mm, that's a good one. Um, and Von Miller, you know, top of the league at his position, he was traded for a second and third round pick. Now he was a pending free agent, so the yeah. contract situation is different. But uh, in season, yeah. Yeah, that's that's probably the comp you were that's looking a good at. Comp, but I, yeah. I, 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 I went with only 30 and under players on here. So, okay. Or under 30, so I should say. For me, number seven, one spot ahead of Jalen Carter. And I, I, I would be willing to flip-flop these two. But I have your boy, Josh Sweat, at number mm-hmm. seven, which is a contract that is not a great deal. Like, it's he's getting paid for basically what he is. But, you know, the position is, is in such um, need and is of such importance that I think that Josh Sweat would be uh, you know, when, when he's a, he's a he's a premium player at a premium position in at a good age, so he would. I don't want to spend twenty minutes. I don't want to spend twenty minutes on the first question, but I'll I'll push I'll push back. Well, a bit. the if, truth is, we don't if, have a ton of yeah, questions, yeah. so it's going to be if, all right. If Josh Sweat was a free agent this offseason, what contract is he getting? I mean, I don't know the specifics. I think he's he'd, he'd he's getting a much a bigger bit. deal than what he got. I think. I don't know if he's getting a ton more. What's that? I don't know if he's getting a ton more. You don't think so? What's what are his? Uh, give me the specs. Uh, he got forty million. Of yeah, he got a a, a three year extension worth forty million, up to okay. forty two million. How much okay. guaranteed? Uh, how much guaranteed? Twenty six point nine two total guaranteed. Yeah, you know, fourteen nine two guaranteed at signing. Twenty six nine two total guaranteed. Okay, yeah. I mean, he would make a little bit more than that. I think he's he's getting like, you know, five yeah. for 80. Yeah, but he's no Jalen Carter for you. Well, because Jalen Carter, you, you have a hundred. But on he has actually proven it. True. Okay. That's fair. Uh, and then I have four guys in the mix at the bottom, but really three. At number nine, I go Dallas Goddard. Um, mm-hmm. Only because only this low because it's not a super premium position and he is sneaky old. He's 28 years old. Um, but I think he's one of the few difference-making tight ends in the league. Uh, and then at 10, my wild card is Milton Williams. Oh, you all right. I have a guy on this list you didn't mention, unless I wasn't listening to you. It's possible I well, that's definitely on the table, but it's <laughs> yeah. possible I missed somebody. Uh, yeah, I have Milton Williams at number 10. I think uh, a player who is a, a premium position potential and uh, a lot of upside, still young, has shown has shown enough as a pro that, that there would be some buyers. Did you mention Landon Dickerson? Landon Dickerson's my number 11. Okay. Uh, yeah, Landon Dickerson to me, you know, he was a high second round pick who he's already outperformed there. Reliable starter at guard, uh, can potentially play other spots for you. I mean, if I look at this, if if Landon Dickerson was on the free agent market, what would he make? And he would make uh, over ten million, right? So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I think Landon Dickerson would fetch more than Milton Williams. I think if if you can get enough for Milton Williams, trade him now. Trade him now? How dare you? This team was built along the line, Zach. I think uh, I think Landon Dickerson. I only have him a spot behind because he's he's an interior offensive lineman and he has an injury history. Um, I mean, it's true that in the exact same draft, he went ahead of Milton Williams. So uh, maybe that's what I should have gone with. But and he's already played. He's he's already played at a Pro Bowl level. 
but I'm 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 siding with the defensive lineman over the guard. So wait, so what can you get for him for if if Adam Schefter floated, you know, the Eagles aren't making calls, but they'll listen to deals for Mitten from Fort Mill Williams. They really like the way Jalen Carter's progressing. They need to open up more playing time. If that tweet comes out, what's what's the team offering? I think you're probably I, I you're you're I think you're talking me into having Landon over him. Um, because I think you might be right that if you were trading Landon Dickerson, you would expect a second back and you would probably expect an early third back for Milton Williams. So maybe you're right. But I would rather I would rather trade more for Milton Williams than Landon Dickerson. I'm just saying that if Milton yeah, Williams has yeah, that value right. on the open market and I'm Howie Roseman, I'm saying like he's he might be your fourth defensive tackle this year. Right, you you got Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Fletcher Cox. Uh, if you can get good value for Milton Williams, I would trade Milton Williams. Well, Even I, don't, I, I don't agree I, with I, that. I like Milton. Okay, I think I think their whole defensive philosophy is built upon not trading Milton Williams. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, if you get bowled over by an offer, I, I don't know. Yeah. You're talking me into a little yeah. bit of, of of maybe Landon Dickerson over Milton Williams, but here we are. That was a good draft for the Eagles, huh? I mean, don't tell Tom Donahoe. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying all three of them are on the list. That's true. You know, yeah, yeah. But Devante that's what you would expect. Them. I mean, you know, you know, the draft is volatile, but you would hope that three or two and a half years later, you know, your uh, first, second, and third round picks would be some of the 10 most valuable players on your team. The 2020 draft yielded the franchise quarterback and two guys who might not be on the team this year, right? So, At best. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, the 2021 draft, who knows? We, the, none of them yeah. played last year. 22. Reed Blankenship. The 22 draft. Yeah, sorry, yeah. 22. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Good first question, Zach. Enjoyed Off to it. a roaring start here in the post Marissa era. We move to. <laughs> not, the uh, post-Mar- it's not the post Marissa era. Just the, you know, if a player gets injured and they're out, it's not the post that player era. It's just that we're. Making up for, uh, or we're making do while she's gone. She's coming back. Do, good pun. Mm. That was not purposeful. Uh, Zach, the question from Big Mike McD. He wants to know if you could go on a weekend trip with any player or coach during the offseason, who would it be, where would you go, and what would you do? And he says, extra clarification for you. Friday to Sunday, no families, just you and the person. And I'm giving you an extra clarification whether or not it was the intention of Mike's question. You are not allowed to write about this experience. All right, well, you, all right, that right there was not part of this because my answer was obviously I take a weekend with Jalen Hurts, access right. with the franchise quarterback of is course, what I would that want. Is not the, and then I was that trying is to not pick the, the purpose venue. of the question. Well, here, let me let me play this out here because okay. I was thinking right, about let's the question. Say, if you are doing a Jalen Hurts story, what would you do? Yeah, so. The Jalen, you know, a weekend in Vegas with Jalen, I don't know if it'll be as fun as 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 it would be with a different player, right? With Lane Johnson in Vegas or something like that. Um, I, I'm thinking with Jalen Hurts, I would want to go to NBA All-Star Weekend, right? And with him. Because to me, Jalen Hurts is such an alpha. He's he's in he's he's the man in the room. What's he like? in a room where it's it's like the biggest stars in sports. You know, you mm. got LeBron over there. You got Steph Curry over there. You got Giannis. You got Wembyana. Um, you know, that's a little play on the bar night there. Uh, 
you got Joel Embiid. You got the big, you got the the big international superstars here. That's that's what NBA stars are. Uh, what's Jalen like in that room? Is who's who's the one who is uh, who's gravitating to whom? Right? Are the players coming to Jalen, or is Jalen going to them? I will. I'd be fascinated by that dynamic. Okay, that's a good one. But if you didn't, if you couldn't answer that way, and you had to answer in the spirit of the question, what would you say? Uh. I mean, there's, I haven't really, I, I, I thought about it. I, I thought the spirit of the question is I could have a weekend and I'm a reporter. I'm spending them like a guy's weekend with one of these guys. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's what he's trying to ask. I'll, I'll you let you answer. I will let you answer there. Well, you have to answer after, but you can think okay. about it while I answer. Okay. Uh, I think, I think like the chalk answer is Jason Kelsey. Um, and I think, you know, that would be fun. Hmm. You know, having having some drinks with Jason Kelsey that'd be that'd be a good time. That's not my, what I thought for you. My uh, my answer is going to actually be uh, Jake Elliott. That's what I was thinking for you. Golf weekend with you're a golfer, yeah, yeah, but not just golf. We're going to be playing some golf. We're going to be playing some ping pong. We're going to be uh, you know playing some softball. We're going to be doing all kinds of. I'm gonna I want to test myself against the best hand eye coordinated athlete on the team, and we've got we've got like a uh, a decathlon of of games going on over the course of the weekend. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm going off, I'm going off, off the board here. Okay. Um, I'm going with, uh, the Sloan sports conference weekend with Howie Roseman. Okay. Um, Howie's going to pick some good restaurants. So I know I'm going to eat well. All right. I poison you. <laughs> and, you know, uh, you got all. He's he's a, he's a, around other GMs, or, or or maybe not the Sloan Sports Conference because they're not getting as many GMs there. I, I'm thinking of a place where there's other GMs, right? I I I want ideas bouncing off off walls. I I I want like the percolation of of you know team building philosophies here. Even if I'm not reporting, it would make me it would make me more informed, right? Um, so let's say. Uh, you know, NBA, you know, NBA draft weekend or something like that, or uh, the, the baseball winter meeting, something like that with uh, with with Howie. I think I think a hundred percent sincerely, it is uh, it is so endearing <laughs> that you just you do not have the ability to to flip the switch off. You just you, and it's the same as you're working on back to back days on your mm-hmm. PTO. It's it's that's what's what makes you so good. Well, thank you. Thank you. But no, I, I think that's, that's interesting to me. Like I, I'm fascinated by team building. I'm fascinated by, by finding ways to get better, uh, by learning new ideas. So yeah, any place I can do that. I don't mind a, a weekend in Vegas, right? Um, I mean, who'd be the best at the blackjack table on the, know, on, on the team? You're I don't know. Vegas guy. Yeah. You really didn't like that Vegas trip two years ago. You were very anti- you're very no, anti Vegas. I'm not. I'm not anti Vegas. I just it's a little overrated to me. Uh, to me, Vegas has good restaurants, uh, good recreation. It's a very it's a walkable city. So yeah, sign me up for Vegas. It's not a walkable city. It's a walkable strip. Well, in essence, yeah, that's there's there's you know you don't need to rent a car. Is my point. Okay. All right. Claire right, says Vegas is a terrible way. Claire, I so appreciate your loyal listening, but Vegas is 
not a terrible is not a terrible waste of a city. I don't think she's far off. Uh, all right, Zach, let's take a little break here from some sponsors. Back with more quail bag questions on the other side here on Birds with Friends. Uh, Zach, next question coming from Slim. And uh, he wants to talk about injuries. He says, mm-hmm. one topic that has come up often this offseason is the injury luck that the Eagles benefited from in 2022. How much of their health last season do you attribute to the methods that have been implemented in the name of improved health as opposed to luck? I don't dismiss them, right? Because there are, they're not doing it out of the blue. They're, they're doing it with research and development and science behind it. So I need to attribute that to some of it. Now, the flip side to that, I I was reading a quote uh, the other day from Jason Kelsey in 2020 when he was asked about his consecutive game streak that he was on then, and he mentioned how how luck's a big factor in that, that you can't control if a guy falls on, 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 on your leg. I mean, in his... Second season in the league, they're playing against Baltimore, uh, Terrence Cody, Ed Reed fall on his leg, torn ACL, out for the year, right? So you 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 can't control the broken bone, the torn ACL, those those injuries that just happen playing a collision sport. The ruptured you, spleen, lacerated you try to, spleen, right? Yeah, what you try to mitigate are the soft tissue injuries. And the Eagles, to their credit, have been effective doing that. Uh, now – was last year an outlier? I imagine so. It, it, it would surprise me if they can go back-to-back years remaining as healthy as they were last season. But the formula that they had in training camp, in the offseason program, I need to give them the benefit of the doubt for now because I've seen it work. Yeah, I think it's um, it's impossible to parse how much is luck versus how much is design. Um, I think... I would I would guess that the Eagles internally are you know expecting a reversion here. Uh, they were third in Football Outsiders adjusted games lost last year. They were also twelfth the year before, um, so they're probably due for for some bad luck uh, on sort of the fluky things that you were talking about, Zach. But I also think that it is true that um, so much that they do is in order to maximize whatever you know percentages. That they can they can get in terms of uh, warding off those soft tissue injuries. So you know part of the reason that they didn't have a mini camp uh, after playing into February is for this reason. Part of the reason that their training camp is structured the way it is, where it's you know two days of practice, one day off, or, or you know uh, green days, yellow days, yep. h- however they structure it, um, and that is all based on like the body science that they're doing and the the, the uh, player tracking that they're doing and seeing if guys you know speeds are changing or or anything else like that. Um, so I think I think they deserve credit for uh, trying to maximize that because it in in this sport especially it's it's hugely important as uh, as the adage goes you know availability is is as uh, the best ability is availability but I also think it's uh, as as Howie Roseman said himself it would be sort of naive to expect them to remain as healthy as they are and that gets to another question um, about you know where have they improved this offseason that we can get to but I think. It's hard to parse exactly what, what it is, but um, they're doing a good job at it, and they're also probably going to be more unlucky this year. All set. There we go. So the question, uh, Zach, that I referred to is from Somia, 
What position is the biggest upgrade from last year, and what is the biggest downgrade? And I don't know if there's any position on the roster that they have that they are definitely better than last year. Yeah, so I was thinking that if you if you dismiss internal upgrades, right, like a player just being better last year, I don't year dismiss year, that. I don't okay. dismiss that. It, well, so if I was thinking of in terms of additions, the only position that I could give you is cornerback, uh, because I, I think. Gritty Williams is he's he's been a starter in this league, good age profile, right? It's not like you're bringing in a 32 year old former starter. Uh, I think Healy Ringo has potential that you can develop. He was a starter on a top defense in college football, um, and like Zach McPherson, who was their their third corner last year, he's now getting work in the slot because they have more depth at the position. Uh, but it was almost process of, of elimination there because that's the only position I can point to where I could say they made tangible external upgrades. Yeah, I don't think that they're better at corner because at the top okay. they're older. Um, okay, so Gary you think Slay regression and James from those Bradbury two. were yeah. both, you know, uh, yeah. for their age, unnaturally healthy last year. I think you're expecting probably that to not be the case this year. And even if they are healthy, you're expecting regression in their quality of play because they're over thirty. I don't expect them to be better at corner. I think they are. They are, and the question is, where are they most worse? I would say linebacker is probably the answer. Um, yes, just on paper, I think you could make a well, case. Or safety, I think. Or safety. safety. Yeah, you can make a case for safety. Um, th- so there's no argument there. I think along the defensive line, they're worse. You could, you know, you were hoping that they're going to be able to like tread water, and that Jalen Carter. Can and improvements from Jordan Davis can help uh, recreate the production of Javon Hargrave. I think on the edge, you know, maybe you could make a case that they're about I think the they're same. Better. Oh, oh no, I think better on the on the edge. I think you can expect an uptick, or I don't know if an uptick in, in, in production, but Redick year two here. Although new a new defensive coordinator Josh Sweat continues to improve. You add Nolan Smith, they were getting nothing from from Robert Quinn. I don't expect Derek Barnett to be part of this team, but in, in, in essence, you know, you, you get Barnett back. You have more numbers there going in the camp than you had at the end of last season. I think it depends on Nolan Smith because I don't think you can yeah. expect Brandon Graham to be the same. And that's I don't true. think you good can point. expect Hassan Reddick to be quite as good as he was last year, but maybe that's short-sighted. Um, on the other side of the ball, I am not going to, you know, discount the possibility of Jalen Hurts taking another leap and being even better than he was last year, but I'm certainly not counting on that. Um, wide receiver looks just as good as it was last year, but I think uh, similarly, you're sort of waiting for another shoe to drop uh, injury-wise. You hope to avoid that, and they didn't really do much to improve the rest of the roster. I don't think that you know Olamide Zacchaeus makes them all of a sudden better at wide receiver. I think tight end you could make a case for, potentially, just because it's all young guys improving. Depends on Goddard's health. Offensive line, I don't think you can say they're better uh, because Kelsey and Lane Johnson are older and you're replacing Isaac Sayamala with an unknown yeah. quantity. I actually think the place where they might be the most better ah, I was thinking is, of this. is running back because of the the depth. Um, I, think they're, I think you could tell me that um, Rashad Penny plus DeAndre Swift and hoping for a slight improvement from Kenny Gainwell is an improvement on Miles Sanders as the lead. I agree. And I mean, you can convince me that in a vacuum, DeAndre Swift is a better player than Miles Sanders. 
I don't know about that, but I don't know. If, I don't know if he's a real running back. <laughs> that's that. That's gonna be a fun mid-August conversation. Um. So yeah, I I like. I have I have high expectations for the Eagles, as does everybody. Um. But I don't think there are any guarantees that this team is going to be nearly as good as they were last year. I don't know. I don't want to be Debbie Downer in in June, but I mean they were so good last year, right? So it's right. it's hard to sustain that. So I I don't think that's 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 a uh, that's a crazy take. Uh, Zach Kilikow wants to know if you have any tips for a first time homeowner. I so I I thought of this question and there's there's a lot of directions you, uh, you can go here and and perhaps this isn't much different than renting, but um this is the recommendation i i would give is that on your first day you own the home okay find the most find the biggest meanest looking person in the neighborhood and punch <laughs> him in the nose no go to uh whether it's you know cvs or walgreens or walmart or target where or amazon.com wherever you get your batteries and get a big thing of d batteries okay and keep them handy because it's those D's nuts those smoke detectors are going to go off and they're never going to go off at, or I, the bat, I hope they don't go off. I mean, the batteries are, are, are going to go out and they you're never as much as you do. Then you're going to be going off. They, they never, the batteries never start the chirp or the smoke detector never starts the chirp mm. at 8 a.m. or 6 p.m. It is always two in the morning. Right. And it's usually at like a bad time. And, That's a good one. And, uh, and if you don't have that, if, if you don't have those batteries and I, then you are, you look unresourceful, unhelpful. There's, I can tell you from experience, it's hard sometimes to find the 24 hour pharmacy and, uh, where I used to live, uh, that the, the batteries were behind the, um, you know, they were like in a, in a, in a locked thing. So I would go to the, to the 24 hour pharmacy in the middle of the night, trying to get deep batteries. Mm-hmm. And if you're the guy at like 3 AM, who's getting the attendant to unlock the thing for you to get deep batteries, that attendant's not very happy with you then. Right. So, uh, yeah. So I, I, I would say be prepared for the smoke detector, the chime. Hmm. That's a good one. We had, uh, one of the apartments we, we used to rent in the city. Um, huge flex here had like very high ceilings. It was above a dance studio. Uh, and we had the, we had the uh, smoke detector going off like for a week because we just, we couldn't reach it. We couldn't get up there. We had to like, keep waiting for a, the landlord to bring us a ladder. It was yeah, like, we just lived our life with the beeping in the background. But I'm saying when you are, are, are renting, you can sometimes defer that to the landlord. Yes, exactly. Right. When, yeah. when you're owning that's, that's, that's on you. So, right. yeah. Uh, let me see my, uh, my advice. You know what came in handy when we first moved in? I don't know what, if we're, what, what kind of a house we're, we're talking about. We did the, um, uh, like sort of the appliance insurance for like, for the first year, because like there were a bunch of things or actually for the first two years, cause there were a bunch of things that were like just ready to go. Um, and so it wasn't the, the quickest fix, but it did, it did save some money when the, when the dryer broke and then the hot water heater broke. Mm-hmm. That was good. There you go. Okay. Uh, next up, Zach. Question from uh, oh wow, Big Mike McD all over the place here. Uh, what are your onyx des- uh, 
your honest expectations and what do you hope to see from Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith this year? So I don't think it's unrealistic to expect Jalen Carter to be the top defensive tackle on the team by the end of the year. Wow. And I know that might be ambitious, uh, but I, I think when you talk about the type of talent that he is. The top defensive lineman? Defensive tackle. Defensive like, tackle, okay. Between Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, Milton Williams, for Jalen Carter to be taking the most snaps in the first playoff game, let's say. Interesting. Right? Okay. Uh, I think he's that type of talent. I don't think it happens day one, but I've seen this story before. I saw Fletcher Cox's rookie year when like they slow played it. Derek Landry was ahead of him. Colin Jenkins was ahead of him. Mm. And and that was a bad year, right? They were four and they were four and twelve. But by the end of that year, it was so clear that Fletcher Cox needed to play a lot. And I think it's going to be very clear by the end of the year that Fletcher, that I'm sorry, that Jalen Carter needs to play a lot. Um, I just think he's that type of talent. And as long as, you know, the, the shape is there, you know, he, he's in the necessary shape and the want to and all that. Um, I, th- I just think he's going to be a premium player. And Nolan Smith, realistic expectation. Do you have any, quickly on Jalen Carter, aside yeah. from, you know, becoming the number one defensive tackle, do you have any sort of uh, statistical benchmarks that you're, you're looking for? It's hard at that position, right? He wasn't a heavy yeah. sack producer in college. Uh, so I'm not going to say like, you know, double digit sacks, but let's say four and a half sacks. Four Are you going over sacks. or under? I'm going under. You don't under. Do you know, yeah. Zach, uh, which defensive tackle had the most sacks for a rookie last season? Oh, you're putting me on the spot here. Um, you don't have to know sake. the answer. I, I don't know the answer, no. Do you want to guess what the number was? The answer is Logan Hall. Oh, okay. From the Bucks, Two and a half four, sacks. That was the most for a rookie so last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I so think. I would, I would go under. <laughs> I think, yeah. I, I think, you know, three and a half sacks. Yeah, uh, ten quarterback hits, something like that would okay. be nice. Um, just to quickly, like, go through the uh, the playing time rotation for defensive tackles last year to sort of set mm-hmm. expectations. Fletcher Cox, sixty five percent. Javon Hargrave, sixty four percent of the snaps. Milton Williams, thirty six percent of the snaps. This surprised me. Marlon Tui Pelotu, twenty one percent of the snaps. Tui played more snaps than Jordan Davis and Linval Joseph and. Dominican Sue Davis was twenty percent. Linval seventeen. Sue sixteen. I would say um, I think you're right that you want to see the arc of the season, like turn things into Jalen Carter is a, is looking like a premium player by the end of the year. I think like realistically, you would hope that he's playing like fifty to fifty five percent of the snaps, and you know the the sixty four percent that Hargrave plays played last year is is dispersed between. Carter and then more snaps for Milton Williams and Jordan Davis. Um, and I think, yeah, you want to see that you want to see the flashes and you want to see that he's bringing some real interior pass rush presence that the Eagles don't have without Javon Hargrave. Yeah. To follow up on that defense tackles played 2,660 snaps last year. Okay. Uh, so you say, how is, how is that pot going to be divided? And I, I thought you, you illustrated it well there, but I I can see Cox taking fewer snaps. I can you know you obviously don't have Sue's presence. If you think the Joseph snaps are just going to go to Davis, right? The Marlon T snaps are probably going to go to Davis. Um, so I see an uptick with 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 Milton Williams, 
But I don't think it's out of the question that Jalen Carter is pushing 60% of the snaps. I don't think it's out of the question. Yeah. But we got to see it. He also hasn't, he didn't even do that in college, right? True. So we'll see. How about Nolan Smith? I'll, I'll, I'll let you go first here. Um, well, this is a, it, it's interesting here because they're going to, it's going to be curious to see if they want to find a way to get Hassan Reddick and Nolan Smith on the field at the same time. And I think his impact is going to rely on them wanting to do that because you look at last year's snap dispersion, you know, Hassan Reddick played 74% of the snaps. Patrick Johnson played 19, right? So there were, uh, there were not a lot of times when they were on the field at the same time, nor would you expect there to be. They don't need to find a way to get Patrick Johnson on the field. I would expect that they probably want Hassan Reddick to play about the same. Um, you know, there were a lot of games when he was pulled at the end. Um, and, you know, he didn't play in week 17 or week 18, rather. So um, I think you're probably only expecting Nolan Smith to play about 20 to 25% of the yeah. snaps. You want to see a little bit of flashing of some pass rush juice. Um, you know, you tell me like two and a half sacks, it's probably fine. Um, as long as he looks comfortable out there and, and they're able to, uh, maybe if they're able to have them on the field at the same time and, and feel comfortable in pass coverage. Yeah, and, and then the other thing to account for there is, is, is like you said earlier, if they don't get the same health from their edge from their top edge rushers, if Hassan Reddick's not playing 17 games next year, then obviously Nolan Smith, his playing time jumps up in that case, just because of the type of player he is fitting that role. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Zach, I had a question uh, from a uh, a DM hmm. about you know, the Flyers. Dropping your DMs. I like this. Yeah, somebody, uh, John, dropped into my DMs and said, uh, the Flyers have hired a bunch of former Flyers for front office roles recently. Which former Eagles could you see taking front office roles? Now, the Eagles have several former Eagles already in the front office, right? They have Brent Selleck and Darren Sproles and Connor Barwin. They have had Brian Dawkins in the past. Yeah. I think um, it's fair to say that there's a difference. Some of those roles are a little bit more ceremonial. I think mm-hmm. the Selleck and Sproles are of that variety, yeah. and they, you know, they call them in when there's you know certain expertise that they'd like uh, handed. I think Connor Barwin is much more involved. Um, then those other guys, I think Brian Dawkins, I think there, you know, as we reported about, there was maybe a, a bit of a disagreement about how ceremonial that job was. I think Brian Dawkins had legitimate aspirations, and I think they were not necessarily willing to um, placate that. Mm-hmm. Who else comes to mind for you that that could be, whether they're currently uh, former players or, or uh, active players who you think could, could potentially have a role with the Eagles moving forward? Well, so you mentioned Barwin. I, th- I think I think Barwin's the one uh, best positioned, obviously, to to be on that track. He's he's full time in the building. Had you know, he's very involved in in the day to day operations of the team. Um, I think uh, you know you know Darren Sproles has has really put in work to to, to try to learn the scouting uh, side of things, right? And I think. Um, so I, I I could see that I I I think Malcolm Jenkins is I don't think that's something he's he's going to pursue. Uh, I have a I have a bit of a list here that I want to run by you. Malcolm okay. was was not on the list only because he has too many other interests. Yeah, right? that's like, what I'm saying. Yeah, but I, I think he's a real. But you could say the same about Barwin. Like, I, I think yeah. he's a real sharp mind for uh, football. 
you give me your list and and obviously this question was in your dm so i didn't get a chance to think yeah i didn't send it to you ahead of time yeah i like i i i do agree that like in terms of like thinking the game and like having good opinions on the game like malcolm would be sort of at the top of my list but i yeah i i find it hard to believe that it's what he would want to do with his post playing Mm -hmm. career uh all right i have a couple guys of of different levels here uh one one player who a hundred percent will have a job in the organization whatever he wants to do when he retires is brandon graham i don't know you know it's not going to be uh i don't think he's going to be on the gm track but if he wants to like show up and be a hype man yeah do whatever he wants like they they will give him a paycheck in perpetuity like the like the selic route yeah uh i would say the same thing if he wanted something for nick Foles. okay i can see that okay uh now we go to um players of higher status who probably would not necessarily be interested in this but if they did I think the Eagles would give them like a coaching job or whatever they want. Uh, and two guys here. One is Jason Peters. Um, I don't know if you could, you know, he, he he's already served that role for so many, uh, you know, uh, younger offensive linemen that I think if he wanted to have a formal role, they would absolutely welcome him in. Uh, and the other is Zach Ertz. I think Zach Ertz hmm. sees things on offense that you could, they could, they could put to use and the way that he, you know, the way that he runs routes could be of, of use uh now and then i have i have, finally i have three um lower level players who i think could get into coaching okay and okay. i was trying to think about like you know guys who might make sense so this is coaching not gm this is coaching now um okay. but it could be could be front office you know it could okay. be just the way they see the game um one of them nate sudfeld okay i can see that Backup quarterback fits the profile. Backup quarterback, it's an yeah. it's an easy one to uh, you know to pick off. Um, obviously, a guy who people like having around must he must see something that that are interesting. Um, Greg Ward, yeah, that's what I was about to say. I, I did this for a mailbag question. I was going to say Greg Ward. Go I remember on. that. Uh, yep. And then my last one, um, a little bit more off the board, Patrick Robinson. Interesting. Okay, why so? Well, he's been a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's he's succeeded where he's succeeded because of um, his football intelligence. I think he would have some interesting things to say. I think he sees the game the right way. Yeah, that's a good one. I I, I think Greg Ward's the right one for uh, coach. I mean, he he's been described as you know coach on the field. Nicobe Dean's been described the same way. Um, Greg Ward, I I think with a coach sometimes it, it's really beneficial to understand the game from the perspective of like the journeyman or the practice squad guy, not the, not the top of the, of the roster. And what I mean so by that D'Amico is Ryan's though. Yeah. But it's, it's hard to expect like players to play at that level. Right. Uh, you heard that sometimes with, with Steve Nash and you really identify with different players in the, in the locker room when you're at the, when you're like Greg Ward, when you're someone who's, who he's, he's been in different systems. Uh, so I, I I can see Greg Ward uh, from the coaching perspective. As far as uh, former Eagles too, you look around the league. Chad Hall is on that track now. I mean, Mike Kafka's on that track now. Um, you know, there are those are guys that uh, come to mind. Mike Caldwell on that track now. Those are like uh, coaches. As far as former Eagles players. 
who are scouts or who are in front offices. I would need to do a little more work there. Ben uh, Angelana, I guess he never played for the Eagles. He never played for the Eagles, yeah. I would say him. He's a scout for the Eagles, a Northeast guy there. Uh, Jaquan Jarrett is in, uh, is in the front office. There you go. Okay. I think it's more okay. of like a player uh, relations capacity. Gotcha. But. And then the last thing you you could look at is like guys who are in the NFL's league office. Sometimes you see the league office. Like mm-hmm. Troy Vincent could be a team president one day, right? Um, and have his hands in in football. Um, you could see uh, John, Runyon. John Runyon. Yeah. I see uh, Cousin Grace in the chat says Chris Long, future Eagles. Brought, I think Chris Long can do anything in football, right? He sees the game well. Um, but I think and you he's would got say a good the same for Kelsey, but it's the yeah. same. Like, why would Kelsey he's got a good thing. Know, exactly. slum it on you know, working, for, working for the team when he could be making millions as a broadcaster? Exactly. Exactly. So, All right. Anything else you want to get to, Zach? We, we got a shot here to have started on time and end around an hour. Uh, which, which would be wonderful. Um, no, I, I, I think, uh, like I said, quiet time for the Eagles right now. Uh, NBA draft tomorrow night. College World mm, Series, you been like? paying attention to that? Of course I'm paying attention. I'm hang- yeah. living and dying with every pitch. What do you Got think of the team tonight? Love the Deeks. There you go. Great team. Uh, the NBA draft tomorrow night, I mean, obviously, what's your I want to be honest, what's, awesome. What's, what's, the, what's the one take that you want to have as Zach's take? And don't tell me like I think I think Wembanyama is going to be great. Yeah. So outside of Wembanyama and, and and Scoot Henderson, who I really like, uh, you like Scoot the, as number two over Brandon Miller. I I do, and typically yeah. like I I would lean toward the six nine guy because it's it's harder to find you know you know size that can shoot right. It's it's if you're going to take a guard in the top three, he needs to be like a special type of player. But I, I think. This is a, a a special type of player right here, uh, in in Scoot. Uh, but of the like out, outside of the top three, the guy who jumps out to me, who's kind of undervalued, is Anthony Black. And uh, Anthony Black from 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 Arkansas, I'm a sucker for like the six 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 seven point guard. But I, you know, there's he's he's really smart with the ball. He I, I like guys who have control of the court. Hal Burton had that. Uh, when he was at Iowa State, mm. and you see that with Anthony Brown, and I understand that it's there's a lot of like evaluations that have gone wrong when you said if he can only work on a shot, but if he can work on a shot, so much else is there with his game uh, that I I really like Anthony Black. Okay, that's the one we're gonna hang. We're gonna we're gonna remember that one. That's gonna be our Zach take of the year, and we'll we'll follow that one over the over the next decade. Claire Flaxman has a question here that I think is right up Bo's alley. Should I read it? I have an important question. Who is who is going to ask Nicholas Morrow if he ever read the kid teenage series where there is a character named Nicholas Morrow? I think that's a wolf's den right there. Not if I didn't come up with it. You, you can't that's take not ideas. How it works. That's okay. not how it works. Not for the wolf's den. You can't take okay. No, uh, what, absolutely not. What I, good uh, podcast have you listened to recently? Um, I've been mostly listening to Doughboys and No Laying Up over the past week or so. Yeah. That's about that's about what gotcha. I've been doing. Yeah, right, we big. What about ones. you? So I I got a good one for you, uh, and this isn't like a backhanded compliment. It's just one I think you might enjoy. The Plain English plot. Uh, some uh, some, podcast. Uh, some like uh, 
like Peter Principled White Guy is going to tell me all the ways to live my life. <laughs> Play an English podcast on on procrastination, I, I think is a, is a valuable one uh, or an interesting one, I should say. What and, and how so? Well, you should take it because you've talked in the past about how you you like to procrastinate or you tend to procrastinate. Of course. And this this goes in the science behind the procrastination. Okay. I think if I wasn't a procrastinator, I wouldn't be where I am today. Well, you're in a good spot, so. I don't know about that. Yeah. The other, uh, this I've been meaning to tell this story on the podcast. It's happened like a month ago. Um, we were at the playground. There was an event um, for uh, for school. And it was like, like a Thursday day event, the weekend of Memorial Day weekend, right? And uh, so that meant there was going to be no school on Monday. And one family was going out of town. And I heard one person say to the other person, um, oh, yeah, we're leaving. So, you know, uh, see you next Tuesday. And then the other person responded completely, uh, like, normally and sincerely with no awareness of the phrase that had just been said or what she was about to say. She said, oh, yeah, see you next Tuesday. And I'm just sitting here, like, looking around. Am I the only one who is witnessing this interaction? Am I the only one who, like, doesn't have a, a, a mature brain that I can't I can't just let this go? And, like, two people saying, see you next Tuesday to each other? And, you know, I've told that story since. I think other people were on, are on my side. But no, I'm uh, on the very, other side, very weird to just, you know, see that happen organically. Um, and so maybe we'll have an episode next Tuesday and we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Good way to close the show. All right. <laughs> I'm on the other person's side. I, I if 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 we scheduled a pod for, for Tuesday, I would probably say you that. I would probably say that innocently without without thinking otherwise. So. Yeah. Better people than me. That's what I could say. We'll be back at some point. Uh, so for all of us here at Birds with Friends, thanks for listening. And as always, we love you.